Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jake Hirschman, here with our guest and Benny Fowler. Um, we're going to dive into a little bit of productivity, passion, purpose. We'll see where the conversation goes. Um, you know, Benny's got an interesting story, currently playing in the NFL, uh, free agency starting here soon. Um, undrafted, uh, you know, free agent out of Michigan State a little while back. And we'll talk a little bit about his experiences, what he's learned along the way in his journey, uh, not only on the field, but off the field. Uh, so nonetheless, Benny, welcome. Jake, man, appreciate you for having me on the Front Office Podcast. That's a cool name. That's a cool name. I like it. You know, so you spent your life so far on the field. Uh, a lot of yeah. us, uh, especially, you know, someone like me who had the college uh, playing days, wasn't that great, uh, got hurt, you know, and then we kind of take the cleats off and we go into our life in the front office. So that's where we got it. Um, you know, ultimately trying to help uh, individuals along the way, right? Whether they're trying to find their path or, you know, maybe find a different path. So um, let's start with your path, right? Uh, you know, having the journey that you've had, look, being an NFL wide receiver comes with certain, certainly many struggles, uh, successes along the way, failures, of course. Um, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned along the way that you can provide others that are working in the front office? What's the biggest lesson that I've learned? I would think to not take things for granted. <clears throat> you know, I was able to win a, a Super Bowl my second year in the NFL. And that was one of the most incredible moments in my life, you know, being in the Super Bowl you know, three little bit under three minutes under or under three minutes to go in the in the fourth quarter, a Super Bowl fifty, and you know we go for a two point conversion, and Peyton throws me this pass and it changed my life forever and it ended up being the final pass of his career, and final completion of his career. I always thought I was going to get back to another Super Bowl. I haven't been back to one since. You know, going into my eighth year now, and I think. Just being in the NFL is not not taking it for granted is one of the best things that I've learned because you see people come go in and out of the NFL every single day. You see people get cut. And the fact that I've been in it, been able to stay in this long, you know, it teaches you not to take anything for granted, not to take any play for granted, not to take any moment for granted, any of the perks that come along with being in the NFL, because one day it will be over, but not to take it for granted. Yeah, the uh, the joking uh, acronym of not for long, right, sometimes uh, that people throw around. But, you know, you've obviously had a career that's longer than the average. Um, mm -hmm. If I'm not mistaken, it's in that three-year range. And when you think about the teammates, the coaches, um, the people that you've been surrounded by, you know, the lessons that you learn from each individual. Uh, let's just take Peyton, for example right? What was one of those things that you learned from Peyton that, again, you were able to kind of take throughout your career after that next step, knowing that it's that much harder to get back to the Super Bowl? Yeah, I would say that leadership is balanced is one of the best things that I ever that I learned from Peyton. There's, there's so many different things I learned from him, but leadership has a, a, a balance to it. You know, when, when the meeting is getting ready to get started, he was focused and he wanted things to be done in a certain way he wanted things to be structured he was all about the preparation and getting things done and maximizing the time but then you have this other side of Peyton where on a Thursday night he invites the entire offense out and we have offensive dinners and you get to see him just relax and tell stories and it's like a campfire 
when Peyton's getting ready to tell a story, it's all eyes and ears on him because of how much knowledge he has and just the way he can tell a story. So that's one of the things that I learned from Peyton in terms of just having that balanced leadership. And, you know, when you step into the door at work, it's all about business. And obviously he would have some jokes here and there, but he was really focused and really just getting things done. And then he would have his personal side where he would show you more of, you know, who he really was as a man and not just a football player. But also, you know, the first day I walked into that building and I'm walking into the Denver Broncos building and I'm super nervous as a rookie. It's like your first day of school and, you know, you're trying to make friends, but you're also trying to play it cool. And I'm trying to play it cool and putting things in my locker, got my headphones on. And then he walks in and I'm just like, wow, it's him. It's, it's Peyton Manning. And his locker was right next to mine because I wore number 16, he wore 18. And it was just like, and he came up to me and said, hey, you know, my name is Peyton Manning. I'm like, I know who you are. You're the nationwide guy. But, you know, <laughs> just kidding. But, guy. That's great. No, but he, he, he introduced himself. And obviously I knew who he was. Everybody knows who he is. But the fact that he had that humility to introduce himself and, you know, say, you know, I'm glad you're a part of this team. It made me want to run through a wall for that guy. And that's what real leadership is about is building rapport with your employees and engaging with them and understanding that they're just like you, regardless of your title. Look, I think we, we, we look at the players on the field, the coaches, and, you know, there's this phenomena that, Oh, well, there's so much different. Like we're all people, right? Whether you're yes. in the front office doing, you know, the broadcast or you're selling sponsorships or you're, running a route to try and catch a pass, like you're all just doing your job. Um, and at the end of the day, to your point, right, the employees, the leadership, it just comes in different shapes, sizes, and context. So as you think about your coach as your boss, right, but your coach is a friend as well, um, you know, how do you balance those relationships, right? The ones that you're, look, you've got wide receivers on your team that you're competing with for playing time, but at the same time, you know, you're still a team right? And you've got to perform and everyone's got to, you know, be, be pulling for one another. So where's that mix? Where's that balance? I think that balance really comes from self-awareness, number one. And then number two, it can really be, it can really come from the organization and the coaches if it's clear on the roles. You know, I've, I've talked to a couple of different people, especially in corporate, who have left the corporate job and corporate space because of chaotic culture and not being clear in terms of leadership. And when I think about some of the best teams I've been on and some of the worst teams I've been on, it's the roles weren't clearly defined. You know, Sean Payton was, is really good at defining everybody's role. And this is where I see you. And that's why I have so, so much tremendous respect for Sean is that when I first met him this past year, and I only played for him for one year, but he was like, look, you know, you're, you know why you're here. You're here because, you know, you worked out with Drew. He, he, was impressed by you. He wanted you to come here. You've impressed us. This is where we see you. We see you doing this, this, and this. And I was like, thank, thank you. I, I'm very clear. I, I, he was very clear, very precise on how he saw me fitting in. And it's easier for me to show up to work because I know why I'm actually there. You know, he told me I'd have an opportunity to step up and make plays, but you know, these are the guys we're paying. This is who the ball is going to. But, you know, when you have that gray line and you're trying to make everybody happy in terms of getting the ball or you're going to be the star or you're going to be this, and you can move up in the organization and it doesn't happen for years, you'll see employee engagement and you'll see player productivity go down because they don't know where they fit in 
in their piece of the pie. So I think communication and really understanding where people fit in and defining and clearly defining their roles and where you see they can have room to move up and step up and then being completely honest, if they don't have any room to step up right now, but maybe down the road, but that honesty and that transparency and that communication is very key. No, it's so true. And, and even, you know, for entry-level employees, right, going into uh, an organization going, okay, like, I don't know where my path is. I'm going to do the best job I can with what's in front of me, but how do I move up, right? That's always kind of the biggest question is how do I move up? Or for an intern, right, going and interning somewhere, you can, you know, kind of think of it in your lens as a tryout, right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, you're going into mini camp or whatever it is, you're, you're trying out in a sense, Um okay, well, how do I get that? How do I get the full-time job, right? How do, right. How do I make the, how do I make the 53 man, right? And, and so when you think about the, the mindset that you have to have um, playing on both sides of the fence, right? And just ultimately controlling what you can control, um, where, where do you go to improve that mindset, right? It's one thing to have it, but you got to kind of, to your point, self-awareness, check in with that mindset and adjust it along the way. Yeah, I think it comes from, you know, just overall, you overall, you have to just continue to work on it. And it really depends on your self-discovery. So I actually take you back to my first ever high school varsity basketball game. And we're getting towards the end of the game. I get a steal and I go to lay the ball up and I get fouled. I go to the line to shoot two free throws. And I had never really felt any nervousness and anxiety like this before, but my arms felt like they weighed a thousand pounds. So I went to go shoot the first free throw and it was a complete air ball. Four feet, it landed like four feet before the rim. And you could just hear the size and you could just, I feel like you could hear the crowd. And in high school, it's all about popularity. And I was super embarrassed and that my eyes started to fill up with tears. And it was just a tough moment for me. So I go to shoot the second free throw and I don't even try to make it in the rim or yeah, I don't even try to make it in the basket. I just try to hit the rim. And how many people in life are really doing that right now where they're just hitting the rim. They're playing not to lose instead of playing life to win. So one of the things that I work on with my clients is to write themselves a story of all the things that they've already accomplished and call it a win list or all the things that you've accomplished in the last year or the last five years you have to remind yourself of who you are every single day because we're all winning a lot more than we're losing. But possibility is all about perspective and people have to think and identify their possibility with who they really are. And they have to remind themselves of who they are. And then they have to ask themselves in situations, am I playing to win or am I playing not to lose in this situation? Do you love to win or do you hate to lose? I hate to lose more, more than you love to win. Yeah. Uh, losing sucks. <laughs> I, I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. I, it was, it was my very first interview for the Ohio university sports administration grad program. And I'm sitting there, um, you know, you're preparing for all these different types of questions that they might ask you. And, uh, you know, you're nervous and all of a sudden I get the, do you love to win or hate to lose? And I'm like, wait, what you just, can you say that again? <laughs> Can you ask that question again? And I was sitting there thinking and I'm like, yeah, you know, I hate to lose. Like, I just don't want to lose. Yeah. I want to win, but you know, winning, it kind of comes and goes, right? Like you mentioned, you won the Super Bowl. What happened? 
you're not definitely not going to win it every year and you you're lucky if you get back every year uh, yeah. unless you're unless you were with tom you might have you know you might have some more luck there but we won't, <laughs> we, won't we won't go there um you know and so as you think about that mindset it resonates a lot because you know you're someone who's chasing their dream continuing to chase their dream of their career playing in the national football league but at the same time you're developing a whole nother skill set uh, of experiences to prepare yourself for life after you know the nfl and not many people do that um what what's the purpose what's the passion behind that um, and what you're trying to accomplish my passion and purpose really comes from serving and helping other people. And that's something that I got really clear on in terms of my life purpose, maybe three or four years ago when I got cut for the first time. So I was playing in Denver coming off my best year. I joined the Chicago Bears in free agency and I had some good money in my pocket and I'm, I'm feeling really good. And it seems like things are aligning. I'm now playing in the city that my mom is living in. My mom's a hop, skipping a jump away from Soldier Field. And we get to training camp and I'm playing some really good ball and I'm starting to think about the season and how, what my playing time is going to be like, you know, how I'm going to hit my bonuses. And I lost sight of that vision. And I got the call from the general manager at the end of training camp and I got cut and I was embarrassed, sad. And my now fiance, but girlfriend at the time had just moved from Denver to Chicago. And it was just like, what is going to happen to me now? in terms of in terms of my career i'm i'm at home for four weeks without a job and that's where i got the idea to write my book silver spoon the imperfect guide to success and sometimes in life we, we create so much suffering for ourselves when the possibilities are still unfolding the possibilities were still unfolding for for me at that moment in time and you know i really appreciate that moment now i should have went there with a vision and goals like what got me into the nfl but if i didn't have that moment I wouldn't have wrote that book and I wouldn't had the overall self-discovery that I needed to go through in terms of where I was at in, the, at in that point in my life. So, you know, that's what my mission is now is to empower and impact other people through my leadership development and coaching and executive coaching, as well as mentoring that I'm doing for, for younger people. When you think about, you know, the lessons that you're learning off the field, what are the ones that you're learning that then apply to being on the field? Just being in the present moment. You, I mean, I mean, that's something that goes from on the field to off the field, being in the present moment, focusing on the here and now, being a business owner myself, you have to focus on the process. You don't have to worry about the outcome. You have to focus on actually getting open. That's one of the things I learned with playing with Peyton that translates both to business and on the field is focusing on the process. Like obviously you want to have the outcome in sight and catching the ball and, you know, getting clients and making sales. But at the end of the day, how do you make those clients? How do you get, how do you make those sales? How do you close those deals? How do you get open to catch the ball? And that's all about the process and actually enjoying that process. And, you know, your book, Imperfect Guide to Success, there's, there's not, one process that works for everybody, right? The process that you take to train to get yourself to that point where you're able to get open to catch the pass is different than your teammates. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've got to, point A to point B is, I mean, the one thing that's consistent is the route depth. The one thing consistent in marketing is that you have to have a target market, but the way you do it and the way you get to it 
everybody has a unique process. So when you see, you know, these marketing gurus say like, if you follow my process, you're going to get X. I don't, I don't believe in that. I think that worked for them or it could work for some people. That doesn't mean it works for everybody, but like your book, there's probably principles in there that everyone can follow. They don't have to necessarily follow your exact blueprint, but hey, these are the principles that you can follow to be successful. Now you can implement them in your own way. Yeah, one of the one of the um, principles in in you know our new book is um, the success wheel, right? And the success wheel has different spokes to it. So in ours, it has eight. For yours, it might only have six, and your six might be different than the ones that I put in my eight right? And what's ultimately important to you that makes your wheel go round is going to be a little bit different. And it might even be different year to year, right? Depending on whether you're, you know, getting cut in Chicago and figuring out what you're doing with your life or you're catching a Super Bowl pass, like those wheels for you are going to be ever changing. And so to your point, um, I think each individual kind of goes through their own, their own path, but the productivity component Um, plays a lot into the process, right? And being able to make sure that you stay present, but stay focused on the process um, and putting the work in each day, which obviously you know how to do. um, But as, as an athlete training day in, day out, knowing that, you know, your muscles aren't growing, you know, massively each day, but you know that three months later, you might get to the results you want, or you might gain those five pounds or whatever the case might be how do you stay focused on productivity and what are some things that you're focused on uh, to be able to maximize it? Yeah, I think when it comes to productivity, there's, there's a couple of different things that you can do, but <clears throat> when usually it comes to productivity and people want to get more done, it comes down to what you can control and what you can't control. So you can circle a big ring around your, on, on, on a sheet of paper and you can think about all the things that are going or, you know, that you're going through or you're doing right now and, all right, can you control this? All right, if you can't, then that goes on the outer ring and what you can't control goes on the inner ring. And that's where the productivity comes from. But also what's really important, what's important to you this day, not what's urgent, you know, what's urgent has to get done now. What's important that has to get done, but there are certain things that you can live. There's a a certain way you can live in terms of, all right, I have a project three months from now. You don't have to wait till three months from now to do it. Maybe you can knock off 10 minutes a day. You could stay productive. So when you get to there, you're not overwhelmed by that three month project, but everybody always feels and gets pulled in different directions because they feel like everything is urgent and important. Everything is not urgent and important. Everything, there are important things, there are urgent things like, hey, there's something going on with my family. That's, a thing, that's something that's urgent and important. And then there's important things. All right, this has to get done this week, but if it doesn't, then it's okay. So you have to learn how to just navigate and and prioritize those things. I think it's the Eisenhower method in terms of productivity that people can use, and it's 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 super good. It's super it's super uh, beneficial. Uh, as we start to wrap up, we will get to the rapid fire, but I want to talk a little about how you manage yourself as a business, right? At the end of the day, you are your own business and how you represent your brand, how you build your business, what your vision for your business is, um, ultimately falls on your shoulders, but it's you. And so how do you go about um, setting, you know, setting the groundwork for it? Yeah, I have a business coach. I, I, I can't do it by myself. You know, Michael Jordan didn't need Phil Jackson to score points. He needed him to win championships. And I need people to point out my blind spots. And I, I think 
people sitting there or having peer groups and having people to lean on. Mentors are different. You know, business, my business coach doesn't have, you know, any stake or is not a consultant. They're helping me and empowering me. And that's why I got into coaching. So my business coach is, she is one of the most incredible people that I've ever met in terms of just helping me understand what needs to get done. All right, is this important? Or are you having a fear of failure? Well, what about this fear is true? And then, you know, it kind of shocks you that none of it's kind of true. So that's one of the things that has helped me tremendously is having a, a coach. You know, that's why athletes have coaches and trainers. Of course, they can go and work out. They have the discipline to do it. But are they doing the exercises the right way? Are they being pushed? Are they pushing themselves? You go work out by yourself. You can push yourself to a certain extent. But if you have somebody else there that's pushing you and telling you and holding you accountable for the reps, you're going to get more done. You're going to get stronger, faster. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that, you know, being in the business, you don't necessarily think about, right? You look in the field and to your point, you've got uh, a strength coach, you've got an athletic trainer, you've got a head coach or your position coach, like you've got a lot of people trying to steer you in the right direction. Yeah. We have mentors, we have teammates, but I don't know necessarily think we think about it all the time in the same way of, hey, how do I maximize today? How do I maximize this week? And how do I maximize myself? by ultimately exposing myself and being vulnerable and understanding where my weaknesses lie. Right. And, and ultimately putting myself out there. Absolutely. I mean, that's what it's all about. If you want to get better and improve though. It's not uh, for everybody. No, well, it should be. Should um, be. No, but it's not, it's definitely not for everybody because you know, some people just feel like they know all the answers, but when you, when you can, when people can put their pride aside, and really open up to like, all right, this is what I really want to achieve. You think about a Jeff Bezos, Oprah Winfrey, Bill Gates, all these incredible business people, they all have coaches. And it's not to tell them what to do, but it's to point out things that they can't necessarily see because they're so, they can't tell the forest from the trees sometimes. And of course they're successful, but they didn't just get there to be successful by themselves. There's no way. Sometimes you just don't know what you don't know, right? Yep. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, the uncertainty that lies in the, in the, you know, future, you also don't know, right? I mean, you were undrafted. You're like, okay, what's next? Like, what's going to happen? Got to go make it. Got to go make something out of nothing. Right. You got to make it happen. So, um, all right, rapid fire. I hope, hope you're ready. Let's go. Um, You're obviously wide receiver, but if there was another position you could play, what would it be? Quarterback. All right. So you're, you're, you're going after Peyton. That's, I see. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, you know, it's actually interesting. You mentioned Super Bowl 50. Our co-host Pat Gallagher was one of the people who was in charge and kind of putting that together. So ironic. Um, he is good friends with Dennis Mannion. Got to give Dennis a shout out. Uh, Dennis is the one who connected Benny and I, but um, when you think about the Super Bowl, is there anything that you would have done differently during the Super Bowl two week period, you got the, you know, you got the festivities, then you got the parade after obviously with winning. Probably would have took more pictures. Okay. Photography guy. Yeah. It's just a special moment and it was just happening so fast and it was my second year in the league. So I didn't really, I enjoyed it, but I didn't, I didn't really soak it all in. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Didn't soak it yeah. All in. Uh, the Spartans, best part about East Lansing? Oh, man, everything. There's not one bad thing about East Lansing. It's like it's, 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 like it's your own Disney World. It's just, it's fun. 
What was uh, what was the best stadium you got to play in so far? Your favorite favorite turf? Oh, the uh, Rose Bowl at Michigan State. Playing at the Rose Bowl, the most incredible grass I've ever played on. The scenery, the day you know you get to play. I think you're playing at it's like one o'clock in California at the time, and then the sun's going down as the game is getting there. And it's night at, by the time the game ends. It's the most incredible most incredible uh, atmosphere i missed you by one year i was 2013 working up in the pavilion Jameis had the famous uh you know oops out of the hand backwards i think oregon took that one big time but um rose bowl is definitely a special place um, taking it one day at a time enjoying today what can i get done today what's possible today and then yeah what can i make happen What's the biggest lesson you learned from writing a book? I've got, a, I've got a few, but what's yours? It's a process and it's like, you can't rush it. You can't rush it. Well, Benny, appreciate the time, thoughts, insights, perspectives, really appreciate it. Um, certainly looking forward to keeping track of, of your success, uh, not only on the field, but off the field. Uh, and certainly um, a few few nuggets we could take away from today's chat. Jake, appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. <laughs>